Hey guys, it's Nicole, and for some of you that want to make fun of my intro, Cough Cough, Sea uh, Squared Podcast, yes, I did the same one I always do. Um, I first off want to apologize. I know that I'm late by like five days because I normally do these on Thursday or Friday, and it is now Monday, um, November 11th, and it is Veterans Day, so um I had a bit of a chill day, which was nice. I got up. Um, I went to go visit my best friend who I have not seen in a little over a month. Um, guys, I've literally been so sick on and off. I had the flu like, I want to say about a month ago. Um, and then last week, like I'm just starting to sound like normal. Like I'm still a bit congested. Um, but last Monday night... I started to feel like garbage and I think I got a really bad cold from being outside at the track all last weekend. So yeah, I think my immune system was still down, still down pretty good and it didn't really like, my body wasn't able to fight it off. So I just got sick again. So luckily it wasn't the flu because that was terrible. I thought I was going to die. Um... So yeah, I have not been in the best like physical health. Um, I have not been going to the gym in like a month. I really need to get back to doing that, hence why I still haven't done my fitness podcast. I just have been really out of it. Hopefully, like this week even, I don't even want to push it because um, I was going to start going back like after a week after I had the flu, but then being down and out again, I'm kind of like afraid to push anything at this point because I pushed it a little bit last weekend and I got sick again so I'm just trying to build this back up I'm taking my women's daily vitamins again because I stopped there for a while and my vitamin c vitamins again I stopped taking them for a while too because I got like these really round shaped ones and I could not every time I go to swallow them I would like choke so I got like capsule looking ones instead so I just needed to get different ones because um, I would not be able to swallow them. So I'm trying to take care of myself. Um, I was outside a little bit this past weekend, but I think the fresh air is good sometimes. So yeah, I'm like trying to get back into it, guys. Like this last like month and a week has been killer. Um, so I've been slacking in pretty much all areas of my life besides... Oh my gosh, I'm tired. Job searching. Um, been doing that heavily. Just applied for another one. Um, seems a little bit different, but we'll see like how it works out. It's a like working from home job, so that's kind of interesting. No idea what they pay, but it didn't take long to fill out the information. So you don't life lesson here. You don't get anywhere by not trying. You know, something seems too good to be true apply anyways, talk to somebody, you know, I like to talk to people, figure out what the heck's going on. And I mean, it could be a really good opportunity. I don't know. And at this point, I'm kind of willing to make a jump. So with all that being said, um, this is totally random. And it was off the top of my head. Um, But I think with like applying to this job that I just applied to, um, yeah, sorry, Ori just texted me, it threw me off. This job that I just applied to, I was thinking a lot about, um, 
my degree, you know, and the thousands and thousands of dollars that I spent on it. And, you know, I've talked to some people like over the last couple days just about how I've spent so much money on school and hopefully it turns out to be a good investment. But as of now, you know, and I'm not going to get back into the financial stuff. I'm just trying to do what I can for the time being and, you know, not be impulsive about taking like a different job. But um, if I make the same or more with this job, I would probably take it, to be honest, because it's more up my alley of what I want to be doing. So, yeah, and to do part-time therapy on this, I would be nice, but have not heard back about that yet. But anyways, this the topic for today is relevant to what I'm talking about right now. I'm going to try to like slow down my talking a little bit because my nose is still stuffed and I can't catch my breath. So I'm half breathing out my mouth. Um, but I wanted to talk about a personality disorder today. Um, I never really did a podcast like this, kind of like using what I know, um, what I'm good with. So I figured maybe some people will like this. Um, but the, maybe I should do like a little separate series. Like maybe I'll make this video like a new, um, well, it's already a new episode, but like a new, uh, series is that what it is I don't know it's not anchor but make it like a separate like little show in itself just talking about like mental health diagnoses like looking stuff up out of the DSM-5 I'm gonna make this one like a little bit more um is it messed up to say fun I don't know because it's like a serious thing but this is a personality disorder that is not diagnosed often Um, but it is narcissistic personality disorder. Um, and it is a diagnosis out of the DSM-5, which for some of you who don't know, um, is a, essentially a book written by psychiatrists, um, and their diagnoses. And there are certain like, uh, um, they talk about like symptoms and causes of the disorders and just how you have to meet like like so many um like you have to have so many symptoms um you have to meet so much criteria in order to be considered like that's what you have so obviously like i said in the DSM5 and there's different clusters um or according to like the traits, I'm not going to get into all that stuff because it can be really confusing if you are not familiar with the DSM-5 and most people are not, obviously. Um, literally think I should be one of those people to like read through the whole thing. So I just know everything. <laughs> not really though. I'm not going to be a doctor, so we're good. So I actually found more of like a fun page. It's mindbodygreen.com. And I think it was actually something shared on Facebook. And I like read through it first to make sure it was like actually legit and actually like fit a narcissist like personality because I didn't want to just pull a bunch of crap. Like I'm familiar with the disorder and I kind of compared it to the um, DSM-5 and I think we're up like the same alley it just simplifies it a little bit and like this page like adds like a little bit more information um, the DSM-5 is a little bit shorter obviously and doesn't talk about it much because 
you have to fit all these other diagnoses in one book. So I'm like, I'm going to use this website because I found it and it's cool. So the title, this is going to be a longer podcast, I feel, because we're already at eight minutes. Um, the title of this article is 14 Signs You're Dealing with a Narcissist. So I feel like I'm breathing so heavy. I'm sorry, guys. The first one is superiority and entitlement. Um, so the world of the narcissist is all about good slash bad, superior slash inferior, and right slash wrong. This is a definite hierarchy with the narcissist at the top, which is the only place he feels safe. Uh, they have to be the best, the most right, and the most competent. Um, they do everything their own way. They own everything and control everyone. Um, but interestingly enough, they can also get that superior feeling by being the worst, the most wrong, or the most ill or upset. They feel entitled to receive soothing concern and um, even feel like the right to be able to like hurt others and demand apologies to like make things even. So just that sense that like they're superior and either a good or bad way, which makes it that much more interesting. Um, and just like that sense of entitlement, like almost like a power um, thing, like over others. Like they don't care how they're above other people as long as they are in comparison. Um, number two is an exaggerated need for attention and validation. So essentially they need constant attention even following you around the house, asking you to find things, or constantly saying something to grab your attention. Um, this counts only if it comes from others, even then it doesn't count for much. A narcissist's needs for validation is like a funnel. So you pour in positive, supportive words, and then they just flow out the other end and are gone. So no matter how much you tell them you love them, admire them, or approve of them, they never feel it's enough because deep down they don't believe anyone can love them. So even though they have like this, these self-absorbed uh, thoughts, bragging, um, narcissists are actually very insecure and fearful of not measuring up to what they think that they should be. So they do have the fragile egos um, and no matter how much they're given, they always want more. So... This, is, this stuff's so interesting. Like, who, who can say this is not? Number three, perfectionism. Um, they have an extremely high need for everything to be perfect. They believe uh, they should be perfect. You should be perfect. Events that happen should be exactly how they expected. And essentially, life should play out precisely as they envision it. And again, I'm reading this offline, but this is like literally word for word. So it's mindbodygreen.com. Um, this is like a lot of times they're impossible demands, obviously, because things are never perfect. And that results in the narcissist feeling dissatisfied and miserable most of the time. Um, the demand for perfection leads the narcissist to complain and be constantly dissatisfied. So basically they're insatiable. Um, Great need for control is number four. So they are continually disappointed with the imperfect way life unfolds. Um, so they want to do as much as they possibly can to control it, control it or mold it to their liking. 
Um, They want and demand to be in control and their sense of entitlement makes it seem logical to them that they should be in control of everything. Um, So they have like this storyline in mind about what each character in their interaction should be saying and doing. And when others don't behave the way that they expected, they become upset, unsettled, um, and they don't they don't know what to expect next because others are off script, like what they had in their mind, how they thought the scenario was going to play out. Um, so they don't reach their desired conclusion and um, basically in their head, like others are like just characters in their internal play and not a real person with their own thoughts and feelings. So they essentially just do not understand that others have feelings and stuff too. It's kind of like the mentality of um, this is my world. Everybody else is just living in it. That's a good comparison to kind of like simplify. Number five is lack of responsibility. So blaming and deflecting. Um, So they want to be in control Uh, But they never want responsibility for the results unless, of course, everything goes exactly their way um, and their desired results occur. When things don't go according to their plan or they feel criticized or less than perfect, the narcissist places all the blame and responsibility on you. It has to be someone else's fault. Um, Sometimes that blame is generalized. All police, all bosses, all teachers, um, all Democrats... Um, and so on. That's literally what it says. At other times, a narcissist picks a particular person or rule to blame. His mom, the judge, or laws um, that limit what he wants to do. So most often, however, the narcissist blames the one person who is the most emotionally close, most attached, loyal, and loving in his life. Um, so the narcissist basically always has to blame someone or something else. If you're, you're usually who they blame is like the safest person to them um, because he or she feels that, um, okay, this person is my safest person, so they're least likely to leave or reject me. You know, I can kind of treat them however I want and have no repercussions. Number six is lack of boundaries. Um, so... Narcissists can't accurately see where they end and you begin. They are a lot like a two-year-old. They believe that everything belongs to them. Everyone thinks and feels the same as they do, and everyone wants the same things they do. They are shocked and highly insulted to be told no. If a narcissist wants something from you, he'll go to great lengths to figure out how to get through how to get it through persistence, demanding, rejecting, or pouting. So there's just like no basically no like they're not able to like identify like other people as like other people basically it's what it's saying like not knowing like where their demands and stuff begin to become like a little bit inappropriate like there's that line is just very like blurred if not not there at all for them this is a huge one like a telltale one that narcissists are known for and that is the lack of empathy um, this kind of explains itself. Just very little ability to empathize with others. Um, they tend to be very selfish, self-involved, 
You're usually unable to understand what other people are feeling. And they also expect others to think and feel the same as they do and seldom give any thought to how others feel. They are also rarely apologetic, remorseful, or guilty. Um, But they are also highly attuned to perceived threats, anger, and rejection from others. So at times they are nearly blind to the other feelings of the people around them. They frequently misread subtle facial expressions and typically bias towards interpreting facial expressions as negative. Unless you are acting out your emotions dramatically, the narcissist won't accurately perceive um, what you're feeling. So even if like the other person says, like, I'm sorry or I love you, um, when the narcissist is on edge and angry, um, that can still backfire. So he won't believe you and may even misperceive your comment as an attack somehow. Um, they also often misinterpret sarcasm as actual agreement or joking from others as a personal attack. So just feeling like attacked often by like so many different things and not like interpreting like what somebody is saying or doing correctly. They also have a lack of understanding about the nature of feelings. They don't understand how their feelings occur. They think their feelings are caused by someone or something outside of themselves. They don't realize that their feelings are caused by their own biochemistry, thoughts, and interpretations. Um, So essentially, in a nutshell, narcissists always think that you can cause their feelings, especially the negative ones. Um, They conclude because you don't follow their plan or because you made them feel vulnerable that you are to blame. Um, So this makes, like, obviously relationships and emotional connections really difficult or almost impossible with these kinds of people because they just don't know how to connect emotionally because they don't understand like what other people are feeling. I need a drink of coffee. This is a lot. I'm only on eight and I think there's 14. My cat's staring at me like, what are you doing? Here. So number eight is emotional reasoning. And guys, I think I'm going to start like... Because you can look this up if you want to, like, know more. Honestly, don't think I need to, like, read word for word like I have been. Um, Because I already told you the website. But so emotional reasoning um, is when, like, so somebody else tries to reason or use logic with a narcissist to, like, get him or her to understand um, the effects of their behaviors, like, on you and... Um, it ends up in return kind of being a mistake because you think that if he understands how much his behavior hurt, that he'll change. Um, your explanations, however, don't make sense to the narcissist who only seems able to be aware of his own thoughts and feelings. Um, although narcissists may say they understand, they honestly don't. Um, they make a lot of their decisions based on how they feel about something, um, you know, whether it's a good or a bad choice. Um, if they're bored or depressed, they want to move or end the relationship or start a new business. They always look to something or someone outside of themselves to solve their feelings and needs. They expect you to go along with their solutions and they react with irritation and resentment if you don't. So basically back to like the selfishness. Number nine is splitting. 
um, just saying that like the narcissist personality is split into good and bad parts. And they also split everything in their relationship into good and bad. So essentially any negative thoughts or behaviors are blamed on you or others, um, whereas they take credit for everything that is positive and good. So bad's placed on other people, good they take um, responsibility for. So they also deny their negative words and actions while continually accusing you of disapproving. Um, They also remember things as completely good and wonderful or as bad and horrible. So like mixing the two constructs is like difficult for them to do. They aren't able to see, feel, or remember both the positive and the negative in a situation. So they can only deal with one perspective at a time. There's so just how they're seeing it. Number 10 is fear. So their entire life is motivated and energized by fear. So um, most narcissist fears are deeply buried and repressed. They're constantly afraid of being ridiculed, rejected, or wrong. And they may have fears about germs, about losing all their money, about being emotionally or physically attacked. But being seen as bad or inadequate or about being abandoned, um, this makes it all difficult and sometimes impossible for the narcissist to trust anybody else. So, yeah, this is where it's an issue in relationships. In fact, the closer your relationship becomes, the less he will trust you. Um, They fear any true intimacy or vulnerability because they're afraid you'll see their imperfections and judge or reject them. So no amount of reassurance seems to make a difference because narcissists deeply hate and reject their own shameful imperfections. Um, They never seem to develop trust in, in the love of others and they continually test you with worse and worse behaviors to try to find your breaking point. Their gripping fear of being found out or abandoned never seems to dissipate. Interesting. I think that one's like the most interesting so far. 11 is anxiety. So this anxiety is ongoing for them. Um, Vague feelings that something bad is happening or something bad is about to happen. And they show their anxiety by talking constantly about the doom that is about to happen while some hide and repress their anxiety. Um, But most narcissists project their anxiety into their closest loved ones, accusing them of being negative, unsupportive, mentally ill, not putting them first, not responding to their needs, or being selfish. All this is designed to transfer anxiety to the loved one in an attempt to not feel it themselves. As you feel worse and worse, the narcissist feels better and better. In fact, he feels stronger and more superior as you feel your anxiety and depression grow. Also interesting. So projection, my friends, is another psych term. Number 12 is shame. So they don't feel much guilt because they think they're always right. And they don't believe their behaviors really affect anybody else. Um, but they do harbor a lot of shame. Um, because shame is like something that it's a belief that you feel like something is deeply or permanently wrong or bad about who you are. So that's the like the repressed part of them, like all their insecurities, fears, rejected traits, making this person constantly on guard. So 
yeah, I mean, you can have shame without guilt because it's, like, attached to, like, how insecure you are as a person. So keeping his vulnerabilities hidden is essential to the narcissist, um, pretend self-esteem, or false self. Ultimately, however, this makes it impossible for them to be completely real and transparent. How many do I have left? Two. Number 13 is an inability to be truly vulnerable. So they can't really understand feelings. Um, You know, they have the lack of empathy, constant need for self-protections. They can't truly love or connect emotionally with other people. And they cannot look at the world from anyone else's perspective. They're essentially emotionally blind and alone. And this makes them emotionally needy. When one relationship is no longer satisfying, they often overlap relationships or start a new one as soon as possible. They desperately want someone to feel their pain, to sympathize with them, and make everything just as they want it to be. But they have little ability to respond to your pain or fear or even your day-to-day need for care and sympathy. So they just can't be vulnerable to other people. And last but not least, number 14, an inability to communicate or work as a part of a team. So essentially cooperative behaviors don't exist um, because they understand, they require an understanding of each other's feelings. So you can't really cooperate with somebody if you're not understanding of their feelings. Um, so how will the other person feel? Will this action make both of us happy? How will this affect our relationship? These are questions that narcissists don't have the capability um, or motivation to think about. Don't expect the narcissist to understand your feelings, give in or give up anything he wants for your benefit. It's useless. So that was a lot. I feel like I just read that so fast, but there's so much. And I literally, um, I'm like answering my boyfriend right now. Um, it's, I think this is like important to kind of like really think about. And it's, like I said, this is not something that's diagnosed often, But this is probably one of the most interesting diagnoses to me anyways um, from the DSM-5. Like, I I mean, I think it's obviously been in other ones, but um, I just really like this personality disorder, really any of them. Like, I kind of want to do the one on like borderline, but I just found this one so interesting because we kind of throw around this term a lot you know, like, oh, what a narcissist or whatever. But like, a lot of times, like it could be relevant, but I don't think people really like understand a lot of the things that like these kind of people go through on a daily basis. And it's like not even, it's not even their fault. And I feel like it's kind of something that would need to be worked on um, primarily with like therapy, like a cognitive behavioral therapy, because it's honestly the way the person is wired to think. Um, and I'm sure like people can develop this like because of past trauma and things and just the way that they were like raised and the way they grew up. Um, if they kind of like grew up in a way where like their basic needs and things were not met. Um, I mean, they were not securely like attached to at least one of their parents. They may not really know how to feel 
um, like how to understand other people's feelings and things. So yeah, I think I'm going to make this like a new series, like the first episode of like a new season. That's what it's called because I think this could be interesting. Um, if you guys like this, let me know. Um, I think I, I could continue to do like a lot of different diagnoses and kind of like talk about them a little bit more. This one had a lot of info. I could try to do like other ones. I don't know. I probably will never read out of the DSM-5 because they use a lot of psych jargon and things that like a lot of people are not really going to get. So I think it would be best to maybe find like outside articles. And like I said, this is not my material. It's from mindbodygreen.com. 14 signs of narcissism. So if you guys want to check that out, I did pretty much read the whole thing, but yeah, good stuff. So I don't, I got to figure out what I'm going to name this season, but um, yeah, so let me know how you liked this. I hope it's kind of a hit and I will talk to you guys later in the week. Bye.